guys, welcome to another episode of Mornings with Melissa, a podcast dedicated to empowering your modern woman. Um, in this episode of Mornings with Melissa, we welcome Jessica Elizabeth, a dear friend of mine. Um, Jessica is a certified life coach and NLP practitioner who has a passion to reframe your relationship story and find your inner passion. So without further ado, let's get started. Hey! <laughs> Hello. <laughs> how are you yeah I'm good thank you how are you doing I'm good I'm um, pretty dead because I just ran 16 kilometers <laughs> amazing well done you and I bet it's really hilly there as well isn't it um it actually isn't too bad along this route that I took but I like I ran halfway to this cafe and got these vegan brownies and then ate them <laughs> and ran back uh, uh, you know. things happen. <laughs> I feel like I don't know about you with your training but I feel like just when you make it worthwhile to go somewhere and get food and then when you come back that's absolutely I'm like where can I run to where there's an amazing food place at the other end uh, yeah that's the way to do it so <laughs> but anyway how's your day been yeah really good I mean just enjoying the sunshine. Oh, I know. Oh my god, yes. It's been so nice. So nice. Though so I am sad that it's probably gonna be over soon. The last day. Oh no. We've gotta like well, yeah. I think by Sunday it's gonna be like God, so <laughs> we've gotta get we've gotta get ourselves somewhere sunny. I know. Yeah. I feel like we're we're both living me and you, we're both living in the wrong country for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, where is the sunny winter? That's what I need. Yes, please. I'm ready. I feel like Australia. Australia would be like awesome. (laughs) Yeah, like such like healthy, amazing food, sunshine, loads of exercise. Yes, yes. Oh, amazing. Well, maybe um, we could just get started by if you give like maybe a short introduction as to what you do, like a little bit about you, Um, because obviously I know you, but like some other people don't know you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely so I guess I want to start all of this off by just saying thank you for having me um it's just such an honor to, <laughs> to be here um so yeah I have just founded my own coaching business so I guess I'm CEO as well um of a business called Jessica Elizabeth yeah exactly uh, so it's called Jessica Elizabeth Coaching and I'm currently based in southwest London so originally I'm from Edinburgh, hence the peculiar accent. Um, so what that means is I'm a certified life coach and NLP practitioner, which cutting through all the jargon basically means I get to spend my days helping people kind of like organize their thought process and help find ways forward with whatever issues they may have. Um, so most of the time I work with women Mm -hmm. I don't exclusively work with women but most of the time I work with women to help them kind of reframe their relationship stories and particularly looking at the way that they see themselves in that um, in relation to their partners so it's a really incredible job and I'm so lucky that I get to do something that I'm so passionate about and I think also 
as a entrepreneur, um, I have so many roles I've learned from a web designer, accountant, social media manager, you name it. And I've probably done it. Um, no one tells you that before you start out. Um, but then also, um, I am a very passionate Christian too, um, which is obviously how we connected. And I'm also a massive advocate for like a joyful single life. So no, I love it. You like bossing <laughs> your like <laughs> your Instagram, like everything that I've followed so far has been amazing. And you know, I knew you kind of through your previous job and um you know, all of this kind of played out in the past like year. How would you say you kind of how did this kind of passion for like starting your your brand and your business start out really? Um, why specific coaching as well you know I'm really intrigued yeah gosh I mean it's interesting because I think lots of people's stories kind of start out like Mm. in a kind of a recent time whereas actually I've been on a pretty crazy journey in that I knew what I wanted to do like age 17 um I didn't I didn't explicitly know the coaching bit I mean I probably didn't even know coaching existed back then but I knew I wanted to work with women yeah and I also think maybe just to mention that maybe quite a lot or bits of what I talk about probably will have to do with like sexual trauma and things so maybe just to warn kind of listeners that you know if they're not comfortable with that skip forward a bit um yeah so I think everything started for me when yeah so I was 17 and someone very close to me was drugged and raped in quite a brutal way and you know I grew up in very white middle-class suburbia in Edinburgh life seemed very perfect and all of a sudden this kind of cut through that and I think that was my first realization that life could be quite dark yeah and it just it just felt so unjust and I think something within me just said you know what, you can do something to change this. And so I think in some ways, yeah, I knew from a very young age that that's what I wanted to do. And I think I thought for a long time that it had to be within the charity realm. Yeah. And so that's very much how I started off my career was working in charities. And I worked for a really amazing organization called Restored, which looked at um, domestic abuse in the church. And I mean, that is a whole other thing for for a whole other day. Um, But I think that kind of, for me, made me realize there are so many other ways to help women. It's not just through charities. Um, And so eventually I thought, you know, charities do amazing work, but you know, to be totally transparent, they don't pay very well. There's a lot of rigidity. Is that even a word? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I'm someone who loves flexibility and I don't really like being told what to do. So I was like, hmm, what can I do? And I also think as well, I was quite lucky that or maybe also felt a little bit of a burden of responsibility that a lot of the time at church when people were praying for me they were saying things like oh I just see like God has this incredible vision for you like working with women I see you as like a leader for women and I was just like oh gosh this is such a massive responsibility like don't put it on me I can't do it I'm not ready um 
And I actually think in some ways the pandemic was actually a blessing, it which I, I know sounds like such a horrible thing. Yeah. Um, but I think for so many people, and actually, you know, in one of your previous podcasts, you actually talked about this as well, was the pandemic has just been a time to reflect and slow down mm. routines and everything has changed so much. And I think for me, it just made me think like, I just cannot go on in this place of working somewhere that's a bit stagnant. I wasn't growing and I wasn't really helping the people that I wanted to help. Um, and so what kind of spurred it on completely was I went for a kind of date, kind of <laughs> friendship thing. Wasn't too sure what it was. Um, and it's someone that I've known before pre-pandemic times. And he just said to me, I don't know how this came into conversation. He was like, well, when was the last time you took a risk? Oh, I love and that. I was just I like, yeah. And it, you know what? No one ever asked you that. But actually, I was just like, oh, my goodness. I probably haven't taken a risk in years. Not about anything small. Not in anything big. Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself, what kind of life is this? Just living in the safe zone. Like, can you call that living? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And so, yeah, from there, I just thought, you know what? I've got to take this risk. I've got to jump in. It could fail. You never know. But I'd rather take the risk and it fails than just do nothing and live a safe life. So here I am. Yeah, I think, though, that's like um, entrepreneurship in general. It's about taking risk totally. And I think, as I don't know, I feel like... um, men and women like men are normally associated with taking risk and I think For women sure. like we are more I think scared to take risk or less um prone to take risks so I think it's really intriguing that it was actually a male friend of yours that was like oh like are you gonna take the risk Jessica um yeah women we should encourage each other to take risks which I think we don't maybe do enough Um, yeah exactly because I do think like if a friend of ours has an idea for something we're like oh that's so lovely you should do it you know and we're supportive (laughs) in like a kind sweet way rather than like okay when are you taking action what are the next steps yeah (laughs) that's like no okay maybe we actually need someone to be like okay you've had that idea for years yeah just go do it you know like someone you just need someone just to give you a kick up the arse so true so true I get accused a lot of like quite being quite tough love and I'm like I do think sometimes you just need it you just need it so true yeah amazing and what would you say like obviously now that you've kind of started your coaching business and everything what are the kind of would you say the misconceptions of art because it's something that I've had more and more through social media so especially things like finance coaches like life coaches Mm. and I never really knew like maybe what is a line between kind of coaching or counseling or therapy Um, yeah yeah absolutely well it's such a good question because I think even entering into it, I was like, mm. I actually have no idea. And as someone who has done it all, I've done therapy, I've done mentoring and been mentored, and obviously now coaching, giving and receiving. Mm. Um, the thing I would say is that therapy, a lot of the time, it looks at a problem and it tries to look back and kind of uncovering a lot of why has this happened what's the root cause of this Mm -hmm. um 
which, you know, for some sorts of trauma and issues is, you know, really important. Um, mentoring, I think, comes more from a place of saying, hey, I'm, you know, a few steps ahead of you. So here's what's worked for me and kind of guiding through it. And I guess in many ways, I sort of think friendship is a lot like mentoring. A lot of unsolicited advice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think where coaching is really different is that the, the basic principle of coaching is that is the belief that a client has all of the answers within them. Mm. Um, and I find it a really empowering process for the client. It's very forward thinking. It's very action focused. Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing is, for example, you know, if you came to me and said, mm. oh, I've got a problem and I told you what to do about it. Mm. If it went well, you would think it was my success, not yours. And if it went badly, you would blame the failure on me. Whereas actually, the coach's role is to say, you have all of this knowledge within you. You have all of this problem solving already within you. It's all, you know, it's all set up for you. Mm-hmm. You just have to access it and be able to pull out these, you know, the right questions to ask. You have to, you know, find the solutions within yourself. Mm-hmm. Um So it really helps a client to kind of take responsibility for their losses and for their wins. Mm. Um, And I think the biggest thing about coaching is it's just such a a powerful conversation. Um, It's a lot of open questions. It's a lot of making you think. It's a lot of sitting in the awkward silence. Um, And I think it's, I would say coaching has made me a better friend, a better Mm. actually even like better in not that I'm in a relationship being a better in kind of romantic conversations um yeah it just really helps you in a personal way as well as Mm. you know obviously I've made or trying to make a career out of it so yeah yeah, it's it's very multifaceted I would say definitely I I really like personally the forward thinking nature of it I think I think sometimes you know your other practices are very backwards thinking I think so for me I don't know I like to think ahead and like you know obviously there are important things to resolve in our past but then I think thinking yeah. ahead is so important and sometimes we kind of forget that part I think um so yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting that you talk yeah. about that and you know your coaching is specifically focused on relationships and self-love can you maybe talk a bit about that and how you try and kind of reframe that and help people in that oh yeah I mean self-love I know that self-love is such like a cliche phrase it does does mean actually a little bit COVID like you've got to give yourself some self-love you know yeah (laughs) it's like what does that mean because I think a lot of the time people think self-love is like you know they picture someone with a spa in the bath like with um cucumber over their eyes or like a glass (laughs) of wine in a movie and yeah you know I'm someone who likes to dive in deep and the surface level stuff might make you feel better about yourself for five minutes but for me it's about the kind of inner works and so I think I'm sure everyone has a different definition of self-love but I think for me it's accepting all of who you are so the good and the bad and it's learning to love that and nurture it and care for the places where we feel broken or those places which seem really dark and we don't want to talk about. It's about kind of looking inwards and saying, okay, I feel really hurt in this place. Instead of rejecting it, saying, it's okay I feel that way about 
you know, my past and actually sitting with it and kind of offering ourselves compassion. Yeah. Um, and I think the kind of the biggest link for me between self-love and relationships is, you know, a good and healthy relationship mm. is a really wonderful thing. Definitely. And that will leave us in a better place than where we started. Mm. But in my opinion, and from my experience, the majority of relationships do not do that. Um, whether we leave a friendship or we leave a, a, you know intimate relationship or even sometimes having tricky relationships with our family, a lot of those relationships hinder our ability to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And kind of one example of this, I was, I was kind of thinking about it, was a bad relationship, however it ends, will make us feel like we are to blame mm. for whatever went wrong. And, you know, so for example, if you are someone who, someone who you've been accused of over texting, perhaps being needy or being too much, mm. um, all of a sudden in the past, what was maybe a slight miscommunication of, I just love texting, mm-hmm. becomes a massive insecurity and fear. Like, oh my gosh, do I text too much? Yeah. Um, you know, am I too much? Do I have unrealistic expectations? My needs can't be met. Um, so actually it then becomes something that we stop expressing. Mm-hmm. We stop saying, oh my gosh, I love texting and I just want to talk to you. Instead, we think, oh my gosh, I know that person already doesn't want to talk to me. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take a step back. And, you know, that already is kind of jarring a relationship before it even has a chance to begin. Mm-hmm. Um and I think, you know, that's, you know, miscommunication or communication style is just one particular thing. Um, you know, my role with my clients is to look at where, they, where they're at now yeah. and look at where they want to be and kind of help them to get the mindset and kind of bridge the gap. Mm. Um, so often, yes, that's looking at communication, but it could be looking at the way that they view themselves, their bodies, mm. their sexual needs, intimacy, so, so many different things yeah. that they have being taught almost to reject within themselves. Mm. Um, and I think from my experience, once they get to a point of accepting and thinking, mm. okay, yeah, you know, going back to that example I gave earlier, okay, yeah, I just really love texting and I just really want to talk to someone. Mm. There is someone out there who loves that. Yeah. And someone out there who will think that's an amazing thing too and they will match you where you are. Um, and it's really just about getting the client to a place of saying, this is who I am. I accept that. And I love that about myself and I'm not going to compromise. Um, and I think a lot of it or the crux of it Mm. is we live, I mean, is this too much? But I feel like we live in a society in a way which tells us that our biggest goal in life is to have a relationship and to get married but actually, it never tells us how to have a healthy relationship, mm. how to get into a healthy relationship and the journey to get there, or how to keep these relationships healthy. Mm. So it's kind of saying, like, do this. It will be amazing. Mm. But actually, there's a hell of a lot of work to get to that point, yeah, which so we're just you know, left wondering on our own in the ether somewhere. Um, and I think it's a lonely place relationships or navigating relationships can be really lonely I think 
Definitely. And I think there's touching on, say, friendships as well. I think that sometimes our society is like, oh, the more friends, the more like, and then sometimes that's not necessarily the case because you can feel left yeah. very unfulfilled and very, you know, not right friendships or relationships. Um, and it almost feels like sometimes, yeah, what the kind of society tells us or the world tells us, it's so like almost counter to what we should you know to what is right and and everyone is different as well you know like you were mentioning some people like you said love texting and a lot of people hate texting and it's like yeah, just kind exactly. of navigating that because I have some friends that are like super fast at texting texting and I take days and I'm like okay yeah and I'm like I'm really sorry <laughs> so it's just that kind of odd navigation but um you kind of mentioned a little bit about healthy relationships. What, maybe in like a nutshell, what do you think a healthy relationship looks like, whether that's romantic or friendship or um, maybe family relationships? I think the key is a healthy relationship is someone who says, I'm responsible for me, you're responsible for you, but wherever you are, I will meet you there. Um, and it's not saying I want you to save me and I need you to help me with this it's instead saying I know I'm responsible for me but I would just love your support here right now Mm. Um, Mm. and I think you know the kind of outcome of a healthy relationship is that you both grow I think you know being stagnant or staying in the same place um, Mm. staying in the same place sorry I think it's the biggest crush to the human soul. And I think, you know, God intended us to flourish and be abundant. And, you know, that's where we should be heading and that's where all your relationships should be taking you. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I'm a real advocate for if it's not helping you flourish, cut it off. Cut it off, definitely. I love that. And I also... Yeah, I feel like once I don't know about you, but like when something doesn't feel right or like compromise for me is like a big thing. Sometimes I think, mm. especially as a young woman, you know, you sometimes feel like you need to kind of compromise a bit of yourself to keep a relationship yeah. or even whether that's friendship or romantically you kind For of, sure. Yeah, feel that almost pressure on yourself, which I think more and more I myself have learned learning to be like, hey, like this is me, take me as I am or don't, you know. Yeah, 100%. And I think, and it's a shame that maybe we get to a certain age that we start thinking, oh my gosh, actually, it's not worth it. Mm. And I, I always think, what would it be like if we learned that when we were like 15, 16? I know, because it's nothing we teach in school. We're never taught, actually. Oh my God, I know. Yeah, definitely. Um, but maybe it might be kind of interesting to know a little bit maybe about your relationships and a, a little bit about your story. Um, if you're comfortable Uh, yeah no super comfortable it's tricky because I think for me as time has kind of gone on the way that I view my past relationships has changed so drastically Mm. and so my last kind of long-term relationship ended in uh well I was 22 so I'm not not gonna reveal my age (laughs) um it's okay it's exactly um and so the person I was then is in no way the same person I am now Mm -hmm. and 
I'm really proud to say I've worked so damn hard to get to where I am now. In a way, I've kind of rebuilt myself up from zero. And I don't have any shame in saying that. And so in some ways, when I look back on kind of my relationships, I think like, "Hmm, you know, what was that like? So I've been in what I would say was probably three kind of more serious relationships. And they they all cheated on me. (laughs) But I think that very much affected the way that I viewed myself. Yeah. Um, and you know, the most recent one, the the last kind of long term relationship I had, um, yeah, it was a pretty traumatic relationship. I guess it was. He was addicted to porn. Um, he was quite sexually and psychologically abusive. Mm. Um, and to be honest, when we broke up, I hit rock bottom. Mm. I had you know been in a relationship with a narcissist and every single thing revolved around him Mm. and so I didn't even know what life could look like for me Mm. and actually it took me to go to a therapist um and she said you know what you're describing to me is really abusive relationship yeah and that for me was kind of just like oh my gosh how did I end up here? How did this happen? Mm. And I think in some ways, almost like having someone else like externally validating your experience, maybe actually what I needed to kind of be like, oh my gosh, okay, that was horrific. Other people also see that as horrific. This isn't good. This isn't healthy. Mm. Um, And yeah, I kind of just sit from then. I mean, I spent quite a lot of time not dating and I looked back at this journal I had from back then and it was kind of looking there was a whole category where you could have written about like your dating aspirations and I just wrote not a priority (laughs) (laughs) I was like yeah obviously back then I was like "Mm -mm, this is my time (laughs) and yeah you know why not and um then so I kind of had like a thing with a guy Mm. um maybe a few years ago and when it ended I realized I had never actually been single and dating and like dating just to have fun and see what was out there Mm -hmm. um so basically thanks to Hinge I had an incredible basically year of dating up until COVID (laughs) and I think that's when I just became the most massive advocate for making your single time the best it could be. Um, I went from the first few dates where I, I mean, the first date I remember I went on, I was early and instead of doing what a normal person does and like gets a table or like gets a drink at the bar, I went to the toilet and hid and called my sister. Like, I don't think I can go on this date. (laughs) And I was like, I'm too nervous. I can't do it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I like the thing, like the first few months of dating were like that. I was just so nervous. I rejected so many amazing men because I was like, oh, I just can't do it. I just didn't have any confidence. Um, And also as well, like people would try and kiss me and I would freak out. (laughs) Like it was disaster, disaster upon disaster. And then eventually, just really slowly, 
I just increased in so much confidence. Mm -hmm. I guess I learned what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, I, and I realized that actually dating gives you an opportunity to be selfish and actually almost think, okay, what do I want? Because the majority of the time on a date, I think we think, who does this person want me to be? Yeah, um, true. And so we kind of try and be this like first date persona of, they want me to be funny, but like a little bit sexy and mysterious. Yeah. It's actually now I'm like, you can just take me or leave me. Like I'm super intense sometimes. I'm a bit crazy. Like just take it. Um, and yeah, I think I just went through this phase of realizing dating can be really fun. Mm. And the moment it doesn't become, or the moment it stops being fun, you should stop. Mm. Um, I think there's, I think that's like a, um, it's like a drinking awareness advert where it's like the moment <laughs> the fun stops, you should stop. <laughs> I, love that. Like, I think it's the same for dating. Um, Very true. And I think I've now got to this place where like, I'm really confident and I do put that down to going on lots of dates and actually just finding out about myself. Mm. Um, and so I think I'm now kind of at, at a place where who I am now, this person hasn't been in a long-term relationship before, actually. And that's okay. Mm. Um, I don't know what she'll be like in a relationship and that's okay. That's- um and it's a fresh start and it's exciting. And it also means I get to kind of create my own rules moving forward. Mm. Um, and I think there's something, I can't remember exactly how it is, but it's something like who you are is not where you've been. Mm. Um, and I think like actually who you are is where you're going. And I very much become someone who's like, okay, well, this is where I want to be. So this is the person that I have to be to get there. Um and I think right now for me, dating and relationships should be a source of fun and fulfillment and joy. Um, and if it's not serving you, time to say bye-bye. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much also for sharing your, some of your story. That was really inspiring to hear. Yeah, um, how would you, I mean, obviously we kind of connected through church and things, how would you, would you say like your faith has kind of helped you through some of your journey as well? Um, maybe you could talk a bit about that. Yeah, I mean, to put it simply, I guess my faith means everything to me. Mm. Um, in recent times, I think, you know, maybe also because of COVID, I've struggled with finding a church that really feels like home. Mm. And I think for a long time I was, part of a community which I really really loved and it was amazing but I think as we change our needs for our church also change and I think that's fine and now I'm kind of realizing God is my co-creator and the co-founder of my business um and yeah as I said it almost feels like a responsibility that God has said this is what I want you to do yes I'm doing it with you um but I still have my own doubts of, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And every time it's him saying, of course you can do it. I, this is what I've equipped you for. I've given you everything. And I think it's almost, the thing that really stands out for me was when um, in, in Exodus where um, Moses is in front of the burning bush and um, 
Jesus, um, God just says, pick up the staff. Mm-hmm. And it's that thing of you just have to trust him no matter what. You've got no idea what else, what's coming. Who knows what craziness is going on, but you just have to trust him. Okay. Even though it's scary. And I think in in all of my dark mo- darkest moments, I think the biggest thing is that God is the light that shines in the darkness mm-hmm. and he shines within me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I kind of struggle to see that, but actually that's the thing that I hold on to in a bad place. And I think that's just, you know, what I want for everyone else as well is, you know, we all have this light that shines in us. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we know it's God. <laughs> um, and it really roots us and it really gives us hope. Um, and I think, yeah, I have it's something I thought about the pandemic, about so many other things. I thought these times have been hard as a Christian, mm. but I think how hard it must be to do this without faith. I, I um, don't know. Like I was talking to my friend about this uh, as well. I, was like, I just don't know how people can do a pandemic without faith. You know, yeah. we've lost all this stuff, you know, through this we've seen loss of getting a haircut, loss of all these material <laughs> things. So then who who are you left with? It's just you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that is so true. So Ooh. I you know, yeah. the idea of that God is, you know, that like for me is like my identity is also in God like I know who I am as a child of God so no matter whatever gets taken away from me whether I lose my house my clothes whatever like ultimately there's that core identity of who we are Um, and I think that's so powerful through really hard times um yeah so that's yeah incredible and um I think maybe as like a final sort of thought where do you kind of see your your business heading and what kind of things you know like maybe looking towards the future what kind of impact do you want to have what's your kind of ultimate goal would you say yeah I think and maybe this is just something I've to be honest I've just realized today is as an entrepreneur anything can happen anything can change <laughs> like you just have no idea even today I was thinking I was like do I even like the name of my business and I was like, maybe I could just change it like you know um and I think that's the thing is I don't know what it's going to look like in six months a year it's just me and my ideas basically and I love that freedom but also at the same time yeah you can kind of get lost in the freedom of it um But I think the number one thing for me moving forward is, and I think that also has to do with what, you know, before about the coaching market is so saturated. There are so many coaches out there who, yeah, I think can confuse people as to what a coach is. And I think the core of my business is running it from a place of integrity. Yeah. As long as I'm doing something that feels good and honest, Mm. I know that I'm on the right track and I know that with God, I am doing that. Mm. And for me, having integrity with my clients, through my social media, through everything that I do, that is integral. Um, so I think maybe what's coming next 
is, I, again, this is something I just thought of today. So who knows, <laughs> Melissa, what's coming? Um, but I think I'm going to put together kind of a coaching membership, actually, which is for people who find the investment of working with an intense one-to-one coaching a bit too expensive. And I then want it to be a combination of one-to-one coaching and group coaching at a lower price point to be able to help people who really, really want to invest in themselves, Mm. but they just aren't in the place financially to be able to do that. And I think, Mm. you know, I want to work with people like you and me, Mm. young female Mm -hmm. visionaries. And yeah, some of us are still students. Some of us are you know, some of us are making a hell of a lot of money, you know, it just, you know, it's such a broad, broad, broad spectrum. Um, and yeah, so that's something that I'm kind of working on. So watch this space. Um, but I think if I was to kind of say the latter of your point about making an impact, what I want that to be is I would feel like a success if, just one woman out there feels less lonely, less isolated. And if just one more woman regains their spark and fire within themselves and kind of takes back control of their narrative, whether that is in dating, in their family relationships, at work. Um, And I think it's that thing that I talked about, what my faith means to me. I know that, you know, lots of my clients aren't people of faith, Mm. um, but I want every single one of them to be able to see that when every single other light goes out and they're in a really dark place, it's them that's shining, Mm. that actually they have this incredible power within them um, that nothing can extinguish. Mm. And yeah, so that's, that's really what I want is for someone to just see that within themselves. Mm. Um, Just one, literally just one person. I feel like my life has been made. (laughs) Oh, bless. You know what? You're going you're gonna to see a lot of people. I'm sure of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> wow, thank you so much. And that, honestly, like, that even got me fired up. I'm, like, ready to go now. Yeah. <laughs> After my 16-kilometer run, like. <laughs> yeah, keep on going. <laughs> thank you so much. I think it's going to have such an incredible impact, like, on people. So, yeah, this is mm. awesome. So, thank no, you. Thank you. Uh, and we'll speak soon (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) bye